And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. We are back with Big Daddy. Um, Big of Daddy. Beauty in the Brain. What a great surprise. Um, for those who are not watching this, as I hope you are listening to this, and I hope you've subscribed, and I hope you've shared, and I hope you like and review, because those reviews just aren't coming in fast enough, and I need more for the validation of my well-being. But I'm currently here. Um, I decided to try out a new way of, you know, recording on another type of device. And uh, the screen name came on, Big Daddy was ready to record with you. So um, for those of you who may not know who Big Daddy is, let me reintroduce himself. His name is David Haggerty. David, welcome to Emotional Support. <laughs> Hello. Or, you know, we just got to keep it fresh. We got to keep it fresh. You have a great jacket on. You are literally, you Thank got a you. haircut. This is the episode that the world needs to see. I, I'm glad I'm looking great outwardly right now. I like pull, <laughs> I'm my first like elderly man injury last week. I like pulled what my do back mean? out doing absolutely nothing. I'm <sighs> like, oh, it's all downhill from here. You're like, oh, this is, this is how life is now. Like, this is great. Yeah. For, I'm screwed. I'm absolutely screwed. Well, you're coming in hot as usual. I mean, surprise, surprise. David always has something spicy to say. Um, you know, it's interesting what I forgot to do, which I usually do do when we do beauty in the brain is um, I always ask, you know, the questions like, is there any questions out there? Because that's what this, you know, little segment is about. Um, usually we answer listener questions. Um, we answer, you know, beauty and brain side. Um, but today um, I was lazy and I forgot to do that. So we wanted to really bring up the, the, the topic and the conversation behind trauma dumping, which is a term I was not familiar with up until probably a year and a half ago. It's also kind of a gross term. Like, I don't know, trauma dumping, it's kind of gross. But it's what the kids are talking about these days. And David, there's some new thing that came out today, some research that you read about. Yeah, like being extremely online probably isn't the best for your health. Like imagine that. Surprise, um, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Anyway, but my yeah, question they, is how much money did we have to figure out and donate to, to figure that ask, one out? I mean, ask, like, oh ask, my God. <gasps> I mean, it's important to keep track of these things, but sure. like all other covariates adjusted, like teens, young people now, are more depressed and anxious than they've ever been before. And is that because of COVID or is this because of social media and Instagram and Facebook? And social media, COVID, the, like the, this, this generated, like the intervals of the data are like very wide. Mm. So like, yes, there might be a specific COVID bump in there, but like it's not high enough resolution to pick it up, but it's just like year, like a couple of years every year they do these surveys. Sure. And like, you know, across all demographics race stratifications everything like things are getting worse um but like particularly the lgbt community mm -hmm. the don't say gay bill like right. there's a lot of things happening right, right now um but yeah like it, it's pretty damning like it, it, it bad but you what's know, the solution? I mean, because, okay, let me just say this. Burn it down, that, start over. Yeah, but you can't do that. And here's the thing. I'm a firm believer in technology. I'm a firm believer in communication. If it was not for, you know, COVID and all of that, I swear to you, I would not have met probably... 40% of the people in my life that are currently in my life right now, if it wasn't because of technology, because of, you know, voice activated apps, like, yeah. you know, whatever, like that clubhouse and, and, you know, Twitter and remember Facebook clubhouse. and Instagram. <laughs> totally remember. I was a big deal in clubhouse. Um, but you know, these were things, people that I had met virtually because I was stuck at home. Everyone was feeling more comfortable about being open. And like, people didn't feel like sliding into the DMS was like just a sexy thing. It was like, Hey, I'm looking for a friend. Like you seem really cool. Like, 
do you want to come on my podcast or do you want to, I, I'm a firm believer in that. If I, yeah. I wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for technology and for social media. So I think that we have to find a balance, but what's the balance? And like, I, I, I don't know. What do you do? Like, oh, wow. I mean, I didn't think we were going to end up at content moderation, like three minutes into the podcast, but like, <laughs> I mean, look like I hear you. Welcome, Big I don't Daddy. Think that, <laughs> I don't think that technology itself is inherently bad. No. Like there is a lot of there are like the group of people who see this data who are like on a crusade to be like all social media is terrible. It's screens are ruining our children's brains. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's that. Yeah, I don't buy it. There's that extreme. Right, right, right. There's that extreme. And then the other extreme is like the internet. It has no effect on how we have a lived experience in this world. Right. And I like fall, I obviously fall somewhere in the middle, but I probably fall a little bit closer to that other extreme of like the internet is like killing us mm-hmm. but i do see like a lot of positives like I, I i wouldn't have a job if it weren't for like machine learning and like doing fancy right. computer things and like be like it does add a different level of connectedness to this world that was previously unattainable totally i mean where i do think where I do think that like we're at the crux of like the argument between like what is free speech versus like what is health and disease look like through fiber optic cables and like me and you talking 3000 miles away. Like right. we live lives online in communities mm-hmm. and to think that those communities don't have a physical real world impact on your health and wellness is like such a disconnect that I think that like even that statement itself is like a relatively new way of thinking. Totally. Like, well, and what I was going to say is like, I, I, you know, I I think of like someone who lives in, you know, let's say Idaho, right. Okay. And someone's living with bipolar disorder and they don't know any single person around them that lives with bipolar disorder. Or we could use another extreme of, of someone living in, you know, Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. I don't know where that came from. Um, but like <laughs> living in Wauwatosa, that's actually, it's actually a real place. <laughs> Love cheese. Um, but someone living in Wisconsin, right? And, you know, they're part of the LGBTIQA plus community, okay? And they don't have one single person around them that's trans, that's gay, that's lesbian, that's bi, that's non-binary. They don't, they don't have that. And they're craving that connection. Yes, you can watch a TV show that you could watch RuPaul's Drag Race and feel like you're having a good time you're with your friends. Yes, you could watch some sort of reality show and feel part of it. But the actual community of, of finding like-minded individuals who understand you to make you feel heard, I think that that is something that you can only get if you are online and you have a social media presence. I think it's totally necessary to be on the internet. Like, not to drag anyone, but like, you see that thing about Selena Gomez being like, I haven't been online for four years. Like, no. Bullshit. Like, yeah, like like you're not like four years. Maybe she hasn't been on Instagram, but like. You're not online like other celebrities are online. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. The sentiment behind like what you're trying to do is very. Sure, but she's also a different demographic and she's a completely different person. She's someone that is literally thrown into the real world of being busy 24 hours a day. She's not feeling alone and empty at home with no friends, Mm -hmm. with no family that understand, with people that don't understand what she's going through. Well, I think that, like, the biggest annoyance that I had with her being, like, I don't, like, I'm not online. It's been great for my mental health. You know, I have a diagnosis. Like, great. Like, no one else in the world has the resources that she has to be diagnosed and then, like, not be on the internet. Like, yeah. yeah. If I had a full team, I wouldn't be on Twitter either. I wouldn't be shitposting either. Like, I get it. 
No. Like she has the opportunity to do that. Whereas many people don't, especially like young kids that look up to her to be like, oh, the solution is just to remove myself. And I'm like, no, like you're missing the point. A hundred percent. And I think you need to moderate communities better. So like the person that needs to like find a community like that, like what you described being in, you know, Wauwatosa, Wisconsin and like being online. Sure. Great. Like we need it. Mm-hmm. But the other issue is like to find that community, you have to basically like crawl through the internet and deal with how many hundreds of thousands of insults and bullshit posts trolls, and like to trolls, finally trolls, get trolls. there. Yeah. Like the, 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 to be your authentic self on the internet, like is like a, is something you obviously want to self-actualize. There's a lot of benefit in that. But that also opens you up to an insane amount of like cyberbullying, like criminal activity, like the the gamut. And I'm like, how do you sit here and look at the current status that we're in and be like, wait a minute. Like, I understand advising young people against like being online and like doing your thing. How do we just like keep looking away from what the actual problem is? It's like we have essentially no rules around health and safety on the internet and like until we get there it's insane to even consider the fact that it would be helpful otherwise totally and i think that it's completely the responsibility of the technology companies that are running them the individual companies i think yes the government should you know have rules and regulations but i feel like there's so many other issues going on in the government right now. Like they, they're that's not even a thought process to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you parade Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and all these people in front yeah. of Congress, and you're like, look at all the the the, the harm that you've done. And essentially, their response is, yeah, but we didn't break any laws. I'll go on record and be like, look, I don't love Facebook, but they've technically done nothing wrong, which is more of a commentary about the standards we hold them to and less of a commentary about how Zuckerberg acts as a human being. I feel like this is a conversation that I really would like Sturgis to be a part of because, you know, this is his world being in technology and like running social networks. But like, I remember one of the social networks that he was running when we first started dating, it was just kind of finishing. Um, It was a, a, I hope he doesn't mind me saying it, but it was um, a company called Photo um, with three H's and it was the original Boomerang. And I forgot how many people they had, like 10 million, I think, at the beginning, like of, of these young kids. And the coolest part about this this photo was, um, Photo, um, which was an app, um, was it ended up being, you know, at first it was just to make these cool like boomerang photos. It was before boomerang existed, right? And they had these really cool filters and they had dope music artists like mm-hmm. Diplo and Katy Perry and all these people like yeah. curated special filters for it. And it was really unique and special. It was very artistic. And I think that was what was unique about it. It wasn't just like, here's a photo, set it up to the internet. It was like people really curated But the coolest was he went to Miami for Art Basel one year and um, he had to go there for other reasons, like for other work reasons. But there was a photo meetup um, and it was a bunch of kids who were from the South that all got together and met up at Art Basel so they could meet each other because they were all these big creators and they had huge followings on photo app um, and they wanted to create photos together and create art. And it, what he realized was, oh wait, this isn't just a place for you to make, you know, art and post it or whatever. It's not about that. It became a social community of people who were extreme creative types, who were brilliant, who were artistic, who really truly, you know, loved the craft of photography. And they found each other and it was like so beautiful, like while it lasted, you know what I mean? It was, it was great. And those kids are not kids anymore, but they continue to stay connected and have grown with, with other apps together and other communities. And I think that that's what was so special about photo was it was, it was not about money and hungriness and like, oh my God, let's get it really fast. And then the irony is right. You know, um, 
boomerang came along uh, yeah. and, and surprise, all of a sudden we all open Instagram and it says update now. And it was photo. And we were like, what? <laughs> Huh? You know, um, it was one of those situations. But I think that that's what was a prime example of a startup, a company that really, truly cared about the creators and the people involved in it. Um, And I just, I want there to be more of that. I mean, I'm sure it's out there. You hit on a lot of interesting things here, which is these companies, remember when Instagram used to be artsy? Oh my God, totally. Uh, when it, like, it was such was. a better world. Yeah. I mean, now it's just a glorified shopping app, which, I mean, it works, but like, it works, essentially, but like, it's it lost is. its core. Uh, and, and you like, know what? I'm fully to blame for that too. And like understanding, like I use it as my, as my e-commerce, you know, for stuff. And, and I make money on those reels, you know, you, you do it, you know? Yeah, you do it. Like, obviously you have to, like, I, I'm not blaming the individuals that partake in it, but it is just like such a deep part of like, these companies are created as private, you know, companies that had a vision, they, they build a product they get some traction and like now like we're in the alternate reality in which like Twitter, which launched it South by, you know, how many years ago and was like a cool like way to stay in touch with their communities. Like Elon Musk is now like trying to do a leverage fucking takeover of it. And you're like, Oh, like we've gotten so far away from what these things were supposed to be. Right. And now they're too big. I don't want to say they're too big, but like, that's what everybody says. They're like too big to moderate. They're too big to fail. But I'm just like, when is someone going to build something that's like at this scale, that's health focused? Or when is one of these companies going to be like, oh, we have a responsibility to our users and our users health to be like, hey, maybe we should do a content moderation platform. Like maybe we should really, really think and lead with this idea of like, these communities have real impacts on these people, like physically, emotionally, but I mentally. Think that and they like, think they are doing that by doing, you no, know, they don't. There's no way. There's May no mental way. health awareness month. No. You know, and let's we, find curators. Like branding nonsense. No, but but that's my point. But my point is, is like they think they're curating. Like it's got to be from the building blocks. Like you have to but, intentionally design something that is focused on creating a community that is healthy. Right. And like, I think it's okay to come out and finally say like, this isn't a space for everyone. Mm -hmm. This is a space for people that want to have these types of conversations and these types of interactions that are health focused, community focused. And like, if you just want to shit post, like go to Twitter, it exists. Like we're finally in that right, world you where say we can like that, differentiate but then try to down. Find a, try to find a VC that's going to sponsor well, yeah. that. You know what I mean? And then give them money. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to grow at all costs. But I think that we're going to get to some sort of end stage sooner or later where like health tech is finally going to be smart enough and that data brokerage will be important enough where you could actually build something like this that makes other people money. And we're not there yet, but like that concept is starting to get sticky enough, especially in the metaverse, like with all the money that's flying around in crypto, Web3, health, but like it's going to come. But I think the issue is, is like you need to find a founder who actually cares enough from day one to be like, I'm going to be focused there instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to make avatars that I can create some decentralized currency around to then trade like the, the the core concepts of like functionally how these things work like are very interesting mm-hmm. can be applied to very difficult problems to solve on the internet but like right now we're selling pictures of apes instead of being like oh this technology can can differentiate and help people regardless of where they live on the globe to to feel better and like live better lives. I sound like the WeWork guy right now, but like it, it's there. Like Listen, it, I really is if you understand. Drop out on Hulu, so I'm probably gonna sound a lot like Elizabeth Holmes um, of Theranos <laughs> fame. Um, I, I'm right there with you. We just when you we, when you binge, you feel. Part I'm trying of it. to elevate the the world's consciousness or whatever it is. I, well, I'm also gonna... Jared Leto just absolutely crushes this show, and I'm just like I, every he's time everything. I watch it, I'm like this guy in real life an asshole, but, but like no, he's. <laughs> 
he's he's literally Jared Leto's everything and more. But what I find interesting is, and I feel like I I would love to have Britt Bronson on on this episode talking about it, but she's not here, and that's not happening. But the reason why I say this is um, because she um, uh, was one of the co-founders of this company, and now I'm totally blanking because I just forget everything. <sighs> Forgive me, Britt. I will post what the name of the new company is. But the whole point it's the, is... It's in the show notes in the comments below. Yeah. Ready? Ready? <laughs> the name of the company is in the show notes below, and I can post a link to that. Um, it hasn't... I, I think it's just launching, actually, right now, um, over, like, the Coachella or Stagecoach weekend. I forgot where they're doing it. Um, but But what's interesting is I'm not in the NFT space. I'm not in the crypto space. I have Bitcoin, you know, and I and I like to like fuck around with investments. Look at you. Well, I I love gambling, right? And I love money, and that's a dangerous thing being bipolar and like loving money like that. Um, so I like to like fuck with it like that. But with the NFT space, right? I don't really understand. I understand it. I don't really care to get into it to it like um like doing the discords, figuring it out. I, that's not for me. I'm going to leave that for Sturgis. Like that's his world. That's he works in the NFT yeah. world. Um, and all of that, that space age, uh, you know, board, uh, board, ape, yacht club, board, ape, yacht club, baby. Boy, yoing stuff. Okay. But what's interesting, what Britt was telling me and why they started this company, she and Julia Brogley, um, is this discord, it, which I was not familiar with. Like I don't go on discord chat rooms or anything. The, with the NFT space, like the the suicidal conversations, the, the or suicide conversations, the harm conversations, all of these things that are really dangerous in the mental health community are hugely popular to talk about on these discords. And so she said that there's, you know, people that run the discord, forgive me, I don't know how it works. So I'm just repeating what I was like, told over a dinner, you know, like not understanding, but like trying to understand. But I, I want your thoughts on this afterwards. But basically, the people that run the Discord, the like moderators, let's call them, they don't know what the actual language and verbiage and websites and self-help groups, like where you should guide these people if they're like, hey, yo, um... Board Ape Yacht Club, feeling very suicidal, might take my life, right? You're, wh what do you do? You're, for me, if someone were to say that to me, I have a list of doctors who are friends, like, and resources, and I would email you, and I'd be like, David, like, who should I talk to? I would, you know, talk, call, you know, another doctor friend of mine that I know and, and, and show those resources. So the whole point of this company that Britt is doing is it's about teaching those people who are running the discords the language, what they should be doing, the resources, giving all of these things, kind of like a course, like a, a you know, a, a course so they can be, a, in quote unquote, official, I believe, you know, in the way that they're working. Because I think that that's the most dangerous thing that I've ever heard of it. She's like, it's unbelievable how high oh, yeah. and scary these conversations are and people are just talking about NFTs and, and, you know, self-harm. And it's like, what? So I, I'm so thankful to know someone who wants to make a change in the world, like unbelievable. Is this something that you've ever heard of before? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not in the crypto. I'm in the crypto space in the sense that I am curious. Like, sure. it is too sure. important to not pay attention to right. is where I'm at with it. I'm, I'm there with you, yes. So... Yeah. So like me and a couple of friends who are like analysts on Wall Street, we're like, let's get into some DAOs. Don't even ask me what DAO stands for. Decentralized something organization. Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Autonomous, whatever. A bunch of people join a Discord and then you vote on basically things that decide like how the organization runs. Right. Those Discord channels are bananas. Like, are they? I've never been well, on. Like A. So like A, like the language that people use to talk about meme coins, meme stocks, like the world that has been created around Wall Street bets. 
the verbiage like the the like it's like oh i'm down 90 percent on my investment like gonna yolo it like gonna off myself like the 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 oh my stigma God. associated with this space is particularly interesting and the fact that like a lot of self-harm behaviors are a becoming normalized and b becoming trendy to talk about like the differentiation between somebody who's actually going to hurt themselves because they've lost 75% of their investment and somebody who's just like a millionaire, like fucking around being like, Oh, I bought $30,000 of this like stupid meme coin. Like, let's see what happens. Like the differentiator is very hard for somebody who isn't in that community. So these moderators, a have no idea what they're doing and B the moderator turnover it's so mm. fast and quick that like people like enter and exit these investments, like enter and exit these communities that like you might have joined something. You might have like tried to like do something like people are trying to buy the constitution literally through these organizations. And like, it just is so rapid on the turnover that there's like no support system. So like, A, we're back at yeah. content moderation again, but like, and they're dumping the, like, their trauma, right? Like they'll say, you know. The, yeah, I mean, like we'll get there. So like, this is a great lead-in. Mm. Like, like the no, the, I, this is so fascinating to me. But like the idea that like the the normalization around self harm and like using language around suicidality has like just become such normalcy in these communities that like is wild, mm. like. The board ape yacht club, like the currency that they've created, is literally called SIGCOIN. Like the SIG emoji. Like cigarette? Yeah. Okay. And like the health behaviors that are becoming normalized in these communities are like something I've never seen before. Give me an example. From From like an academic researcher, like people normalizing doing unhealthy behaviors, like talking about drugs and alcohol and self-harm around investing in the way that they do in these like very open and public facing forums. Like the idea that unhealthy behaviors are associated with finance is not anything new. Like Wolf of Wall Street, the movie exists. Right. That's a real life thing. Absolutely. Right. But that world is not accessible to most people. Mm. It is fun to watch on television. What decentralized finance has done is introduce that culture to a series of young 20-year-olds and teenagers who are trying to flip $100 20x. Gotcha. And is that working? Are they able to do it? It's not working. There, I mean, some of them are. You know, like there are, you know, YouTubers who are 17 that are, you know, real estate mongols on tiktok and are buying ferraris like good for them for most people that is not going to happen but what they are getting exposed to is this culture around using this language around mental health around normalizing suicide behaviors and investing drug use alcohol use like all of the bad things that have been locked up in these boys club financial you know like are, are that part is also getting decentralized mm-hmm. like it is a nightmare waiting to happen when this stuff starts to go more mainstream than it actually does oh my God. and like no health and behavior researchers that i know of even have any clue how to talk about this right right none like their vocabulary starts and ends with bitcoin like some of them know what coinbase is because of the the super bowl commercial like decentralized finance, refi, you know, like NFT, like all of the stuff that's happening in this Discord channel stuff is like so potentially harmful and problematic for people that are already facing mental health issues. And even for the people that aren't, like imagine well, over leveraging yourself, trying to make a quick buck, losing 20 grand and then being like, oh, what do I do now? And then like going to those discord channels and being like, oh, wait a minute. Like no one's actually here for me. We're just doing jokes and bits the whole time about offing ourselves. Well, let me just say this also, like, you know, we've, we've heard it many a times before that I'm, I have addictive personality that I love to gamble. There's something about being in Las Vegas and holding 
physical cash in your hands, handing it to a blackjack dealer, let's say, right? And it disappears, right? It's physical and you can feel, even if it's $5, right? You can feel that $5 slip out of your hand and go away and not get it back, okay? There's something about Bitcoin. There's something about the NFTs where it's like monopoly money. You know what I mean? Like you don't feel like... I know when I buy my Bitcoin, you know, I have it set up different ways. Like I have it set up like when it crashes, then I buy more. Sometimes I Mm -hmm. have it on like a retainer every like two weeks, whatever. To me, it's like monopoly money. It doesn't feel real. So I don't get upset if it's like $100 here. But if we were at the casino and it was $100 and it went like that, you best believe I would be out of there so fast because I would be so depressed. And then like, I would feel that addiction inside me and be like, okay, you know what? This is my time to step away. Oh yeah. But I think that that's, what's even more dangerous where even if you don't have a mental health issue, even if you don't have an addiction issue, you're literally playing with monopoly money. And that's what makes it so dangerous. And like, it's like for your analogy, like even if you're somebody that struggles with a gambling addiction, like, if you're rolling dice at the win yep. and you go down and you try to over leverage yourself, the pit boss of the casino says, get the hell out of here. Yeah, I know there is gambling, gambling anonymous. There are hotlines to call it. You None go pee, you go support- pee. I'll never forget this. I went to go pee the other day in Vegas. Cause we went and I go to close the bathroom and there's a big sign. I sit down, big sign. And it's like, if you have an addiction, there were two signs. If you have an addiction and if you are um, afraid of, um, oh my God, no, I'm blanking what it was, of of if you're part of human trafficking. Those are the two signs, right? When I'm peeing. And I was like, yep. oh, whoa, hello. Uh, okay, let me just pull my pants back up for yep. a second. Like, this is real. You know what I mean? That there's no, there's no, nothing. Doesn't exist. No. Doesn't exist around it. Doesn't exist. So do you like, think when we're on the like gambling a, thing, we'll, yeah, oh, just, go. we'll do the Drake comment. Like this man in Canada, it's not legal in the US, but like the, all of his Instagram ads and stuff that like where he's like playing roulette on the internet. Is it a cryptocurrency based casino on the internet in Canada that's entirely legal? You're kidding me. Like this is, this is where we're at. See, that's so dangerous. Can I admit something that I've never admitted on on, on a podcast, on television, anything? So there's this app. Um, I forgot what it's called. Actually, that's a lie. I know what it's called, but I'm not going to blast him because I'm not going to be that person. But it's a claw machine app where you play a virtual claw machine on your phone and you're actually playing a real claw machine in I don't know if it's a different country or a different yeah, it's state like or whatever. Control. Mm-hmm. Remote control. I won so many of those stuffed animals, okay? So many. David, I spent so much money on these son of a bitch. Fucking dumb ass stuffed animals, okay? Do you know they never showed up at my house? Never. And that was... Literally, like the moment where I was like, I need to put the phone away, Alessandra. I need to get a hobby. I need to learn a language. Like, I need to just go outside and take a deep breath. Because it's terrifying what you can do on your phone and how money can literally just disappear over, like, one second. It's one click. It's that easy. And again, I see the, the, the benefits of decentralized finance, cryptocurrency, et cetera. Yeah. But like with no community regulation, like with no support services for health and disease behaviors that are associated with finance, that we have a very good grasp on yeah. when it comes to like traditional financial markets. This is now a breeding pool for people to get hurt mm-hmm. and they don't sign up for these things, understanding that they can get absolutely steamrolled mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, relationship wise. Like, and there are currently no support services, like any of those things that are available for traditional mm-hmm. markets 
in these places, whether it's discord channels for mental health services or whether it's like addiction services for gambling, like across the board, the things that you can now do on the internet in these communities that are unregulated, like the potential for harm is huge. Well, and I have to also say, there's also this part of me that's like kind of jealous, like, I don't know what the board ape club is or whatever, you know, but I know someone that's actually so it's exclusivity. It's Anna Delvey 2.0 in the internet, man. Totally. And the thing is, is like, I know someone that's like one of the apes or, or bought the first one. I don't know what, what he is like in association to it. But my point is, is like, I feel like not cool. And I'm like, I don't have like $30,000 to go and spend on this like random ape. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm like, God, I, I can't be the only one that doesn't feel cool and feel out of it. And then it becomes a popularity contest all over again. So what is like a solution that you think that people can do? You know, obviously what Britt yeah. and Julia are doing is amazing. No, um, there's a huge market to huge. reinvent. But what else can we to do? To reinvent traditional services on the internet. I think I was like shit posting on Twitter as usual. Like surprise, my, surprise. My favorite amazing. thing to do. But like, has anybody built a hospital in the metaverse yet? Wow. Like these, like the, like it's a joke. Right there, but like but the idea true. of like the translation. No, you just blew my fucking of, mind because it's true. It's like, why is there not? I mean, like you obviously don't need a hospital for like you're not going to get in a metaverse car crash and like need to go like no. get medical attention. But like this idea of like when are we going to translate traditional services beyond real estate mm. into the metaverse? Mm. When's someone going to build a meditation app that's fully immersive in the metaverse and AR VR? Mm. And like, that's the top of the line. There's like 15 layers below that of like health services that you can do, which I will not give away for free on this podcast, but like they are things that no, people are David starting and to I are think cooking, about. David and I are cooking <laughs> up something and we can't tell that idea because we've cooked it up and it's really good and it's coming, but, but yeah. And if people can bridge the traditional space into web three cryptocurrency decentralized apps, there's going to be something there, but it is currently the wild west. And again, like you have to have founder syndrome where like, this is the problem you specifically want to solve. And that's where you've got to start. And if you don't start there, then like some of these people might stumble into it, but like they're not going to do it right from the get go. Are there any founders or, you know, people in that field that you kind of, I wouldn't say ad ad admire, but that you're interested in that you're, that you've kind of, you yeah. know, gone, oh, wow, that person really is kind of sees eye to eye the way that I would do something like that. Is there someone that you can relate to or, or that you have yeah, there's admiration some people for? Who are like, there's like, there's some interesting organizations that are starting to pop up like around science stuff. So like, obviously there's venture firms that are like just full in on Web3. Right, right, right. Like just like deep dive in, like there are people writing, you know, thesis is about you know what we could do on the metaverse like there's a, a the, there's a venture capital firm locally um called high alpha that has done like a full deep dive on web3 mm. and like i saw like a pitch for them they're like we're going to create this company we need to go out and find somebody who can actually lead it mm. like people are getting to where we're talking right but like there is not a a, a zuckerberg as somebody who's like screaming at the top of the lungs right now being like oh i'm gonna fix this mm. like they're trying to find Same. people to run these companies they don't exist no 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 so it's like a really interesting time right now to be like there are people who are creating companies without leaders and then they're just going to install people later on and be like we need you to run this which honestly in some ways is kind of good sure sure like you know has a deal with you know elizabeth holmes in this sense <laughs> but like you know, there are some downsides to like having like founder syndrome, like, well, you know, shoot me if you disagree, fine. Like, yeah, yeah. yes, like these people are important, but like, there's also, you know, like many companies who have been built have been very successful without like a CEO whose name you don't know on the internet. So like there, there's stuff happening. There's a new organization that I really like called New Science. Mm. It's um, like sort of Ethereum adjacent, like okay. uh, Vitalik, the guy who started Ethereum 
it's like him and a couple of the other people that they know have donated Ethereum, oh, like actual crypto, to fund new science that is not traditionally funded by the NIH hmm. or NSF. Of just like, hey, there are a bunch of young people who are wrapped up in the system who hate how we do academic research, the you know bureaucracy associated with being at a university, et cetera. Like, here's a bunch of cryptocurrency profits. Like, turn it into real money. Go do something with it. Mm -hmm. Like, fund this research project for a year. So they just set up a hub in Boston. Um, partnerships with MIT, Harvard, wow. BU, like all these universities to like have access to like industry leaders and they're basically just like writing one year research proposals. I think it's like a hundred thousand dollars in project and like plus a salary and stipend to live in Boston and just like go and do stuff. How so like the, the crossover is. starting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But it is like a new world right now of like, we're, the, we're starting to get to the point where stuff's going to start to stick in the web three world that yeah. isn't AR VR metaverse. Yeah. That like people really haven't dreamed up yet. And like it's sure the door is wide open. Like if you have a good idea, like it is the time to pitch it to somebody and try and do it. What are your thoughts on kind of AR? Like, do you think that with an augmented reality universe that you it will be a way for us to kind of maybe not AR, maybe it's more VR, you know? I I guess I like <laughs> AR in the um, sense that like You know what I mean? In the sense of <laughs> you know what you're talking like, about, don't tell anyone. Like, <laughs> Um, in the sense of like communicate, like community, that's what I mean. Like with yeah. community, do you yeah, think, that I think there's that something AR there? Experiences are, I think it's like going to be very important for hands-on work. Mm. Like I use AR every day of my life. Like I'm seeing people looking at scan. Data augmentation is important. Like yeah. somebody gets an x-ray, someone's got to hand me a physical x-ray. Right. Like, why can't I just, it just should just pop up in front of my face. Mm -hmm. So I think that like when it comes to like, you're doing something like physically in front of somebody where you need that like extra layer mm -hmm. that like and it like looking at your phone is like not a beneficial process that like that ar layer is going to be very helpful driving like these sorts of like you know like i'm working in a factory and i'm putting stuff together like why should i hold the instruction booklet like it should just be projected out in front of me mm, so like there's stuff there but the vr world of like online community building, entering different worlds, like being able to like delete the current surroundings around you and enter a new space to like, A, disconnect from the reality that you're in currently, or B, like enter spaces that you couldn't enter physically with other people that physically aren't near you, I think is like the big VR pitch to me. Hmm. Like if you were to build a hospital in VR, it should look nothing like an emergency room. Right, it should be totally different. We, we already have that. You don't need to replicate that again with mm -hmm. 3D objects and in in, in lasers that shoot into your eyes. Like you need to make a better experience. Like this whole copy and paste 3D model into a headset, like it just doesn't really exactly. feel all that compelling to me. Well, I'll tell you, I, you know, the, the show that I did, fucking 15 years ago or whatever along it was, the prequel to Battlestar Galactica was called Caprica. And um, there was something called the V-World. And we would put on these glasses, right? That, you know, these little glasses. Mm -hmm. And you would get transformed into the V-World. And, you know, at the time it was like, ooh, cool. Like how sci-fi, you know? And it's just so now that's what happens. There, yeah. You know what I mean? It's there. Mm -hmm. But I remember what was so cool about this V world is I got to create, you know, my own, you know, there was Zoe, there was Zoe A, which lived in the, in the V world. That was the name of my character. And like, I would explore by going into these different worlds and these different, excuse me, rooms where it was like, Oh, you can go there to let out all your aggression. And it was like, you would go to this room and you would fight to the death, like MMA style, right? In this VR. Then you could go to this room where it was all guns and you could just shoot somebody, you know, as many times as you wanted. Then you could go to this sex room where it was like orgies were happening everywhere and surrounding you. Um, and then you went to another one where they were sacrificing a virgin and like, you know, these, these like really off-putting Real male-centric sci-fi character. Real male-centric. <laughs> Who wrote the show? 
Um, but that was just like, those were some examples. There were definitely other girly ones, like for sure. But um, no, no, no. I'm just being a pest. No, I know. But uh, but it was really cool because you look back at it now and you're like, God, we're there. You know, we're so yeah, we're there, there. And this is what's happening. And it's terrifying because. You know, as we're getting older and we're like thinking about, oh, do we want kids? Like, are we going to have our own? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, what's yeah. that generation going to be like? You know, are they going to only want to go into this in quote unquote V club world um, to, you know, shoot someone, you know, or to sacrifice a virgin? Or are they going in there for community? You know, it, it's this yeah. this really strange um kind of like moment of 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 history of like where is it going to go is it going to go up or is it going to go yeah. down you know um and so i i'm just so it's a whole episode on content moderation we're here like you have the choice like yeah. whether you're a building it or be a user on the platform like you have the choice to push back and be like these are experiences i want to see these are conversations i want to see or these are things i don't want to see yeah it's not to say that you can't have those conversations. I'm not trying to limit your speech. Like, you know, like someone's going to come at me from the far right. Like, sure, whatever. Like, I'm not saying you can't do that. We're just saying you can't do it here. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. there will be those apps. Like, someone literally will build a VR app where you can get a virtual gun and, like, go and shoot people. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to happen. I'm sure there will literally be a school shooting level associated with this game. Like, should we allow that to be built? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Should we moderate who uses it and track who uses it? Yeah. Like doing well, that without it's just like a video it game. Like a you know, you That's see, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like video games don't ruin your mind, but they also have a self-selection bias for people who, you know, especially when the content is that. Right. Like, the, the kinds of people that you're attracting are from a specific demographic. That's yeah. why the FBI and the NSA exist. Yep. Like, I'm not, this isn't uncharted territory. The modality is just different. Yeah. So, like, we shouldn't be leading with those things. Like, they will exist. There will be ways to find them. Like, the dark web, I'm sure, will be the dark web 2.0 in the metaverse. But, like, the, the experiences that most people are having, the commercial-facing stuff, like, there's a real duty and like mm -hmm. due diligence that we have to do to be like hey what are we building for things that you and i are consuming but b what are we building for kids who are 10 11 and 12 years old right now right right what are they going to use a, a, a vr metaverse quest to oculus whatever the hell the company name is now like what when they put that on their face what do they see what does the interface look like who are they connected to? And how What's can the you predatory control that? Because, like? Yeah, how can you control it? You got to do it. You got to try. You you really do. Like you got to you got to hold people accountable. It's it can't just be company founders facing public backlash. Like we need a, a full stack service. Like we need governmental regulation. Not only do we need regulation for the government, but we need budgets to create organizations that do research on these things, like the NIH for the internet. Right. Which I've pitched to the NIH before and they laughed at me. Really? But like, yeah, I mean, like, they don't, uh, uh, oh, we can just fit that into our current services. Like, we make budget requests and grant requests to look at online interactions for people. Uh, like, uh, no, it's not enough. No, it's not like, enough. You've got to completely rethink how you do the thing. Mm -hmm. The idea is not new, but the delivery and the execution of that idea needs to be completely overhauled and right 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 absolutely no it, it's it's 100 percent true i really wish that sturgis was part of this episode i now i, I feel like yeah well you're gonna I, make him listen to it and then just have him call me yeah so i know and then, do he's it. Be and like, then we'll do well, the next this episode like on this is what it should have been you, you <laughs> i i thought i taught you you know what to say you see this you know uh, um that's that's usually what happens is it's in one ear out the next because i just have I, no concept but it matters like that's what i'm saying like you're like it, it's not interesting in the current iteration to you mm -hmm. but like when you start to have conversations of like what's coming next what you could build 
online therapy services in VR, you know, the, the, the ability to do group therapy and communities of like-minded people, regardless of where you are on the earth and in, in what time zone you're in. Like, those are ideas that get people excited. That would be the coolest. Nobody cares about Board a Yacht Club. No. It is a great technology. I'm bored of it. Content is trash. And like, sue me, come at me for this take, but like, no, I know people will start to care when the content matches the realities that they want to live in and augment their lives with. And until we get there, no one gives a shit. You put on a headset, right? And you get to pick your avatar, whatever that is in the metaverse. And you literally sit there and you go into an office and it's literally like 10 people who are all living with bipolar disorder like us. And we're sitting there with a group therapist who's actually an expert, who's a doctor, who's talking to us and we're going through group therapy together. I mean, that is so fucking cool to me. Like that to me mm-hmm. is the future. That's what I want. That's the experience I want to feel. You know, healthcare's biggest problem is where do you place hospitals? Like the healthcare industry is a real estate industry. Mm-hmm. The reason why all the best hospitals are in major cities is because that's where the biggest patient population is for billing. Mm-hmm. If you can decouple real estate from access to good healthcare, which the metaverse allows you to do, wow, you could deliver extreme quality of care to anyone with an internet connection. That is the appeal of the metaverse to me. Not selling photos of AI generated objects. Like we gotta get past this part so we can do the cool stuff that matters. And I understand that like the board, you can't do it without it, but we have to realize it's a rung in the ladder. And who's going to build the next rung? Right. That is what I care about, not people trading NFTs for $50 million. No. It's useless no. to me. No. It's useless to Big Daddy. I'm going to build the best <laughs> Big Daddy avatar in the internet. I you cannot won't even know. wait for the Big Daddy avatar. Now, I just have like Adam Stanler in my head for Big Daddy. <laughs> but like, we'll get there. But I just like, you know. I was thinking like Big Daddy, like, like a, like, um, I don't know. Like a little mafiosa type of guy, you know? Big daddy. Like, I don't know. That's what I was going for. Um, David, once again, always coming and bringing the heat to conversation. If you have any thoughts on... Content moderation, baby. It's the only thing that matters. Yeah, if you have any thoughts on content (laughs) moderation and you want to, yeah, fight back with David, tweet at him, be sure to subscribe, like, review, give us a review on content moderation because these are the things that we are in desperate need of. Um, And uh, you're the best. Thanks, David.